August 31st, 2017, Braxton Nelson was crushed and paralyzed by a bucking Bronco in a rodeo in Filer, Idaho. Growing up, his dad always told him he was born to succeed. Those comments created a mindset that would serve Braxton as he faced a broken back. Always interested in rodeo, Braxton placed eighth in the nation in 2017 in college rodeo circuit, and then he went pro. His dream of becoming a world champion bareback rider was getting closer and closer, but life happened. And after the accident, Braxton was given less than a 5% chance of walking again. Five fused vertebrae, two rods, eight screws, numbness in his right leg, and he can't feel his left foot. Recovery was a long road. But stay tuned today to hear about his journey and to soak in some of that positive attitude that Braxton exudes as he talks about life. Stories are our lives in language. Welcome to the Love Your Story podcast. I'm Lori Lee, and I'm excited for our future together of telling stories, evaluating our own stories, and lifting ourselves and others to greater places because of our control over our stories. This podcast is about empowerment and giving you, the listener, ideas to work with in making your stories work for you. Story power serves you best when you know how to use it. Braxton was born and raised in Roosevelt, Utah, where he now resides with his lovely wife, Heather. He grew up loving the outdoors, spending time with family, and he was a three-sport athlete in high school where he received all-state awards. Braxton says... Quote, we as individuals were born to succeed. There are no limits. The only one that limits yourself is you. Life is great. Don't waste a second being unhappy. But be grateful, be positive, and truly know that you were born to succeed. I'm excited to have Braxton on here so you can hear from him directly. We'll jump right into his story and hopefully soak in a little bit of that fabulous optimism Braxton, welcome to the Love Your Story podcast. Lori, thanks for having me on. I'm so excited to uh, be a part of this awesome podcast. Let's hear a little bit about this love of rodeo that you have. When did you know that you wanted to rodeo? Oh, I love rodeo. I mean, it's the longest going sport so far, you know, clear back from the Cowboys and Indian days. Uh, I've always been a fan of it. I haven't always participated in it growing up and uh, having my dad, he played college basketball and kind of wanted me to be a college basketball player too and so growing up through high school and junior high and high school and stuff I played a lot of basketball and football baseball and we rode horses and stuff you know with cows and having a ranch but it wasn't till I was 22 years old that I got into rodeoing and really took off with it and wanted to uh, pursue it as a career. You must have been a natural. <laughs> well uh, I don't know if it was so natural as much as just taking some hard knocks and learning from hard knocks pretty fast and I, I just I knew that <laughs> I didn't get hurt if I stayed on. So, you know, it gave me more incentive to hang on tight and make an eight second ride than falling on my head. So, <laughs> Well, and that leads me to my next thought, which is what type of mental focus does it take to bareback ride? Because rodeo is a really dangerous sport, obviously, right? You can get hurt badly. So, you know, the stakes are high. What, what do you have to be able to do mentally to make that work? You know, you, you kind of go into rodeo and I, I love the mentor that I had. His name's Casey Field. For those that don't know what bareback riding is, you run your hand into this leather piece with a glove, and your glove has a big knot on one, on, kind of on your end of your pinky, like on your knuckle of your pinky, and then also has a big knuckle on top of your hand. So you're kind of bounding in this leather piece, and honestly, 
it's comparable of putting your hand in a vice grip on the back of a car and rolling it off the cliff. Casey gave me a great advice. He said, Braxton, if you're going to come in this, you want to chase this repair, you need to be 100%. You're going to get bumped up. You're going to get hurt. You're going to get bruised. It's just part of the sport. But you got to learn how to be tough and fight through that. And so that's one thing is mentally going into rodeoing. And I think every, every rodeo athlete has it that's trying to pursue his career. It's just being mentally tough and knowing that you're going to get injured, knowing that you're going to have to fight through some pain. And, and that that's just part of it. And so that mentality of, hey, life's tough. You know what? But we have to just keep going one, one horse at a time, one rodeo at a time. And you take care of your body. That's kind of the mental preparation getting into rodeos, just knowing, hey, I'm going to go into this and it's going to be tough. So I believe that anything we practice, we get better at. And particularly, I think so much of the the struggle of life is internal, is mental. I, you know, I think that our real, our real overcomings are always inside our own hearts and our own heads. And so I'm going to just suggest that as you practice this mental game on each horse, each ride, each time that, that mental stamina probably got stronger and stronger with you. Would you say that's accurate? Oh, uh, 100% accurate. Okay, so then with that, I want to ask, did that help prepare you for actually having the mental fortitude to make it through what you have to make through with your injuries? I, I do. I think that, you know, in any stage of life or anybody or any person, whatever you're going through in life, whether it's relationships, career, something you love, you got to know that there's going to be hard times. And you got to have that mental capacity, just the same thing that, hey, no matter what happens, I'm going to stay positive through it. I'm going to be willing to fight through it because I know who I am and I know I'm born to succeed. So, yes, it did help me with that in the concept of, hey, you, you know, the same mental battle that I did riding bucking horses, that was the same mental battle just in life. So I've heard you talk about your dad and some of the things that he, um, just the encouraging words and things that he would say to you growing up. It seems like, you know, the times that I've spoken with you and seen you in the media that you really have this sense of knowing who you are and this sense of optimism and this sense of strength. And how much of that comes from the way you were raised? All of it. You know, you pull on a sensitive string there when you talk about my dad. He's my, my hero. He's one of my best friends. You know, from when I was a little kid, I remember trying to do things to I mean, just living life to jumping over a ditch, to trying to swim across the river, to riding horses, to Shetlands, to, I mean, all the way through high school sports, anything I ever tried doing, my dad would say, Braxton, you're be the best at it. You're born to succeed, man. You can do whatever you want to do. He let me honestly feel like I could fly. If I wanted to fly, he, he made me believe that I had wings. And uh, I'm so grateful for, you know, a mentor that, even, you know, I, I wasn't the best kid and I made plenty of mistakes, but, you know, he helped me learn through their mistakes and he made me believe that, you know, I could do anything. I could conquer anything. And, and just as much as him, my mom did too. My mom was awesome. I mean, she's an angel and to help me a lot. Uh, what a blessing, huh? Yeah, very, very, I feel very blessed with the parents I, uh, I have. And, and kind of just to add on to that real fast, you know, I truly believe too, it's a, uh, the gifts and talents from Heavenly Father. I mean, from God, like we all have talents and abilities. And that's something my dad always, every person, 
every individual has certain talents and abilities and they're all different. And he would make that like, Hey, Braxton, you got to rely on, you know, someone else's talents and abilities to make your talents and abilities stronger. You need to be able mm. to be the very best with your talents and abilities to help with their talents and abilities. Oh, I like so, that. Yeah. One of the things that I love best just about the world is how different everybody is, that everybody is this different collage of colors and abilities. And I love being around people who can do different things than I can do because they give me access to things I wouldn't have access to. You know, if everybody was good at yep. the same things I was good at, how boring, right? So I love uh, yeah. that colorful aspect of people. And I love that your parents taught you to recognize that and to celebrate it and to use it. They sound like wonderful people. Well, thank you. They And they are. And that's, that's what's so neat about the podcast, Tell Your Story podcast. You know, everyone has a story. And it's like with the Born to Succeed podcast, everyone's born to succeed. So it, it, it is. It, everyone's got that. Everyone has that. So Braxton has a podcast, which we didn't mention on here yet, but it's called Born to Succeed. So take a, a listen to that one also. Look look that up on your Apple podcast. Tell me about the accident and what happened. So it was uh, August 31st, 2017. Um, I've been, I was rodeoing for just um, almost three years. I just finished taking eighth in the nation at the college national finals and man i was gung-ho ready to start this pro rodeo career chasing my dream of, um, of making the nfr the national finals rodeo and uh, i was at a pro rodeo up in filer idaho i climbed over the, the chutes to get on this bucking horse the horse named sozo and uh, it's been to the nfr it's a great bucking horse and i thought man life presented this opportunity it's time to take advantage of it so i climbed over the chute ran my hand in the rigging and as I went to nod my head, the horse sat down, kind of back against the chutes, and then it, it rare as the gate opened, it reared over and completely smashed me against the back of the chutes. And I heard a, I still remember to this day, the sound just boom, like a, a shotgun went off of my ears. And uh, my legs went numb. And I reached up, the gates came open, the horse left the chute. I reached up and pulled my hand out of the, the rigging. And uh, kind of got tossed around like a rag doll there for a second. And I hit the ground. And I've, I've been bucked off plenty of times. And, you know, the saying, when a cowboy gets buck off, bucked off, you get back up, right? When you fall down and life hits you, you get back up. And as I went to get up, my legs didn't want to cooperate. They, uh, It honestly felt like a two-by-four a two hit me in the stomach. I couldn't really breathe. I didn't really know what was going on. And, I waved at one of my, my good buddies, Joe Frost, was there at the time. Yeah, he, he, he ran out to me and kind of said, hey, what's going on? And, I mean, I felt a knot in my back. I couldn't move my legs. And, honestly, just in shock, kind of my whole world was just flipped upside down in the blink of an eye. It, uh, the horse, when it reared over, it pinched my back and my shoulder blades into to shoot and basically just tackled me. And it bursted my T12 and L1. Well, it totally broke my L1 vertebrae little bone fragments kind of everywhere, dislocated my T12, twisted my spinal cord in like a 180 and then pinched it severely. So they hauled you off the, what do you call it? The You're just laying there on Man. the dirt and they... Right there in the arena dirt, yep. Um, they loaded me up in the ambulance. They gave me some antibiotics, put me out, put me in a hospital. The ambulance took me to the Twin Fall Hospital where I went under MRI. They seen that there's fluid in my spinal column. Mm. and you're not supposed to have any fluid in there. And as soon as they seen that there was fluid in there, they life-flighted me to the 
U of U Hospital in Salt Lake City, where I went under a five and a half hour surgery. And I'm so grateful when we talk about talents and abilities, you know, people blessing each other's lives with them. I'm uh, so grateful for the doctors. Um, she was awesome. She was an amazing surgeon. That uh, I'm grateful for her all her hard work and implemented two rods, eight screws, line my vertebrae up as best they can. What was the diagnosis then at this point when you got out of surgery? What'd they say to you? Came in and told my dad and my mom and me that uh, it'd be less than five percent chance to ever walk again. Yeah, that's beating around the bush, honestly. I mean, she kind of came in as a surgeon with all these surgical terms and said, man, with Mr. Nielsen, Miss Nielsen, uh, we, we've done the best we can. Our search, our, I feel very confident they, that she was. She was very confident in her work and said, we are able to realign the spinal cord. I mean, there was a lot of swelling. There was a lot of bone fragments. And I just said, your son's going to be wheelchair bound for the rest of his life. So this injury is going to be life changing for him. What did and you I think when you heard that? You know, I was kind of sedated with drugs and stuff. And it was honestly a dream. Going back to that moment, I remember it like, like it was a dream. It still seems like a dream. You know, and I remember a little bit, but my dad actually hit the ground, boom, kind of dropping. I've never seen my dad really cry besides this moment where he, he you know, he, he did. He started breaking down and, and started to cry and just honestly says, not my son, you know. And it was, But uh, my dad, being the positive person he is, uh, he found the positives in everything. So it was, it was pretty neat that moment. But I, it was like a dream, just in a lot and a blink of an eye. You never know life, you know, is going to throw these challenges at, at anybody at any given time that uh, you're going to have to have a life, a, a choice, whether, you know, are you going to be defeated or you're going to be too determined to be defeated? Yeah. You don't know how much time you have and you don't know what you might deal with. That's the, the mixed bag of life, huh? Yeah. Yeah. When do you remember having to actually deal with this prognosis? So it was about the, uh, after they got my blood pressure and stuff under control, they, you know, the, they, uh, they gave me less medication where I was able to come to. And this is where I'm so grateful for my dad being positive is I remember the first, like the first memory where I, I, I came out of the anesthesia and stuff. And I remember thinking, what, okay, what's going on? I, I remember I was in the hospital bed. Uh, I was laying there and I went to sit up and I had a neck brace on. I had, you know, back brace still thing on. I remember thinking, okay, I'll just lift my legs up and rock up and, you know, sit up. And as I went to lift my legs to rock myself up, they didn't move. And I started to panic a little more. And I, I, I remember reaching down and kind of grabbing my knees and then trying to feel it. And like my hands get through my legs, but my legs, I, I just a feeling I've never felt before and I started panicking and I thought okay what happened the hospital oh yeah I was at the rodeo I broke my back um when I broke my back this thought went through my head where maybe I had a blood clot and the doctors had to cut my legs off that's why I can't feel them and so I started panicking and yelling from my dad and my dad came over the top of me in this hospital bed and he said hey son it's about time you wake up from your nap and I'm being like dad listen don't joke with me like just be straight honest with me, dad. Uh, did the doctors cut my legs off? And my dad looked at my legs and he looked in my eyes and he looked at my legs and looked back in my eyes and he said, Brax, yeah, uh, the doctors cut your legs off. <laughs> I, I started, I did. I started crying, you know, I'm thinking, holy flip, the doctors cut my legs off. This can't be happening. And my mom slapped my dad on the chest. And you know, when my dad's in trouble, my dad's name's Rick. And my mom will only say Richard if my dad's in trouble. So 
you know, she was like, Richard, hit him on the chest. <laughs> and this, then my dad, you know, he, as I'm sitting there crying, my mom's sitting there, my dad's kind of chuckling me. He says, Brax, hey, no, your legs are there. They're both there, buddy. You're fine. He said, Brax, look, he started pointing out of the positive things. He, he said, Brax, you got two arms that are moving, son. You have eyes that can see. You have a mouth that's speaking. You're sitting here. And then he, yeah, I remember he putting his hand on my hand and put it on my chest. Uh, and he said, you feel that, son? You have a heart that's still beating. And the same thing he's always told me from when I was a little kid to this situation in life. He said, Brax, things are going to be different, but you're, you can still be the very best. And you can, you know, you're born to succeed like he did, but he kept saying, you're, you still can be the very best. And and that's with anything in life. I'm so grateful for my dad being able to point out the positive things, you know, in circumstances we can't control. I, I live by this 10% circumstance, 90% attitude, 10% circumstance. You're not going to be able to control. You can't control what's going to come out of someone's mouth. Sometimes you're not going to be able to control what your boss is going to say or or life circumstances that happen and hit you like, you know, I couldn't control bareback horse flipped over and I'm paralyzed. But what we can control every single day is 90% attitude. And that's what my dad taught me. And, and being the very best, you have to have that 90% attitude. Be able to focus on the things that you can control, the things that you have. Don't worry about wasting time on controlling things you, you can't control, but your attitude well, in life. And you know what? I have learned after, you know, we're at over 160 episodes now, and a great many of those have been interviews. And with each of those interviews, I get to walk down these really beautiful, sacred spaces of people's lives and some of the hardest things that they have had to go through. And I will tell you that every single one of them, for people who have come out the other side, finding meaning and growth from whatever they've gone through, and even being able to make it through whatever it was, whether it's an eating disorder or rape or the death of a spouse or the death of a child or suicide or, you know, any of the really crappy things that unexpectedly happen to us. That is one of the key components is that we always get to choose the stories that we are telling ourselves about our situation. We always get to choose that attitude and it becomes huge as to whether or not we can make it through. The things that we do, whether or not we gain strength and vision from the spaces we've been or whether we just wallow in a swamp of victimhood, you know? No, I agree. Like life is an amazing thing where we are. That's when I talk about the only one that can limit you is yourself because this this life is like a blank canvas and you're you're the artist. You can paint your own picture, whatever you want it to be. You know, if if if, if this life's a blank book, you're the you're the author of your own story. Really, you can write what your outcome wants to be. Amen, so, brother. <laughs> amen, right? So start today. Those that honestly be able to control uh, that attitude and, and life is unlimited. So true. And really having that good attitude is just key to being able to make it through. I was just reading a book and in the book, it's um, there were three things pointed out that it takes to be able to make it through something. And the first one was having support from other people and not being so prideful that you wouldn't accept that support. And mm -hmm. the second one was being able to have an attitude, um, be motivated or inspired by someone so you would keep working on it. And the third mm -hmm. was being able to put forth a lot of work and 
just hard work and focus on overcoming what what you need to overcome. And those were the three criteria. I, you know what? That is so cool. Three things. It's cool. And, and I relate that when I go talk, I've been able to do some public speaking things with my story and being able to help others be motivated. And the three keys that I truly rely on through before my accident, during my accident, and still today is one, positive mindset. A positive mindset will take you further in life than you ever thought were possible. The second thing is hard work. Hard work will never cheat you in life, no matter what it is you're doing. And the third thing is a support group. So <laughs> truth, truth is truth, right? Truth is truth and keys to success or keys to success. Dang it. <laughs> okay. So tell me then, there you are, you're having to come to grips with the fact that you are paralyzed. You have a, a very small chance of being able to walk. When did you decide that you were going to beat it? When did all of these mantras that were always a part of your life really kick in? Was there ever a question in your mind that you were going to beat it? Or was it just, I know that I'm making it through this. I know I'm walking out of here. I can't say that I've always been positive because, I mean, it's still today I have down days. I think even motivational speakers, the most motivated person in the world still has bad days. Everyone has them. So I can't say that you know, the whole time through there that I was like, yeah, I've got this. And that's where a support group came in play. People that believed in me. Like, I mean, there was a time, it was just actually a week after my accident where it, it was really tough and very humbling at the time where it was hard to grasp, you know, as active as I was in life with sports and rodeoing and wanting to be out there doing things. And then boom, your life changed. You know, I was pretty negative there for a little bit. And, and it, thanks to the I'm very grateful for the support group, my family and friends, and also uh, for God. Like, I, I, you know, he, he showed me a lot of love, and I learned a lot in, in uh, a day that uh, changed my whole attitude uh, on my circumstance. And, you know, long story short, basically, I, I had a, a cool experience where uh, basically God kind of told me it's not about you, Braxton. It's not just about us. It's, you know what, it's, there's a bigger purpose in this life than just what we're going through. And so when I started kind of realizing that, hey, it's not just about me, that I have a bigger purpose in this life. And uh, you know what, I could do great things with the circumstance I'm dealt with. We can do great things with the obstacles in life that we're presented. And so uh, after that, about that first week, I made a decision that no matter what, I was going to have a positive attitude, whether I honestly got my legs back or not, that I was still going to be successful, that I was going to make a difference in the world every single day, and that I was going to fight being uh, 1% better every single day, mm-hmm. that I'd go down to therapy. And if they didn't say my spinal cord was severed, no, it was still in contact. It was smashed pretty good. And she said I had a less than 5% chance. And so when they, when she, when the surgeon said less than 5% chance, like I have a chance, like we have an opportunity and truthfully, any, everybody that wakes up and they have a heartbeat, I know life is hard and I'm, I'm not saying it's easy, but life is hard. But if you, you have a chance to make a difference in your own life and the lives of others every single day, if you have a heartbeat. And so I took that, that opportunity. I went down to rehab. Well, first it was four hours. And then I, you know, after a couple of weeks, I, I asked my therapist, Miss Emily, she's amazing. I said, Hey, if anybody turns down any therapy time, like I want to, please let me, let me take that time. And being 1% better today than you were yesterday and 1% better tomorrow than you were today. 
it, it just by them small and simple actions, great things come to pass day by day, piece by piece. How long did it take you? It, I was able to start, you know, a couple months before I was able to stand on my own, being able to walk on parallel bars with braces on my leg and then support, you know, with they put a belt around my waist and having to learn to rewalk. Even. What was the hardest part of that? Mental or physical? Men- mentally, you know, I, I mean, it is a mental fight. I'd get in fights with myself. I know it may sound silly, but self-doubt creeps in on anybody. I don't care who you are. That self-doubt is going to creep into your mind, and you got to be able to fight. you got to be able to push those thoughts out. And that's what's the biggest struggle is being like, man, I don't know if I'm going to be able to do this. There's no way. And then I'd almost have to tell myself, like, I did. I'd be like, no, you need to shut up, Braxton. You listen to me. You're going to do it. It's going to pay off. And that's where the saying hard work will never cheat you is because the harder you work towards something, the harder it is to give up. I love that you share that because I believe that the negative and evil forces in the world, in the universe, that that Satan takes the opportunities when we're down to strive to bring us to a space of hopelessness and to amplify our fears and to make us feel like we can't do things and that we're worthless. And I think whenever we're in a position where that can be amplified, that we just get dumped on because it's, you know, we're in a weak space. And so being able to have the determination, I'll just say determination and persistence and wisdom to Take on that mental fight of saying, when a, when a wrong thought shows up of saying, I choose not to think that thought. I choose to replace that with something positive. That's where the battles are won. No, it is. And that's a, a fight every day I think everybody goes through is, you know what, the negative things, the things that you say to yourself, it's what you think, right? So take time every day. I'm serious. I do it all the time. But being able to look in the mirror and tell yourself how amazing you are, how far you've come that you're born to succeed, that you can do hard things, say all these positive things because in your mind really grabs a hold of it. But yeah, at the same time, that's why a support group is so important. And I want to share one story that I hope others can, you know, take a, a key from it and, and maybe apply it to their own lives. But it was uh, the first day I was going to go down to rehab, actually. This therapist came, the charge therapist came to my room with a wheelchair and welded around my bed and said, Braxton, we're going to lift you up. And I, I couldn't, you know, sit up at the time. And he said, I'm going to put my arm underneath your back and help you up and then help push your legs off the bed. I'm going to transfer, pick you up, and put you in this wheelchair. And as this therapist went to stick his arm underneath my back, he got just low enough where I reached up and I, I grabbed him by the collar of his shirt and I pulled him down to me. And my dad was on my right side. He's like, Braxton, hey, what you, let go of him. And this therapist's eyes, you know, he kind of got big. And I said, Mr. Therapist, you need to know something. I pulled him down and I was really serious with him. I said, I, I'm something amazing. I'm something special. I'm something talented. If you don't believe I'm walking out of this hospital, please leave my room and bring in the next therapist that's going to believe in me. And that day, I truly feel like why I was able to be successful is because I chose that day to, one, to believe in myself. And I think everybody, you have to be able to believe in yourself because if you don't, no one else will. You, you are something amazing. You are something talented. You're something special. But we have these hard times and be able to reach out to someone and say, hey, I don't know how to go through this. I need your help. And if they don't want to help you, if they don't believe in you, get rid of them. And it's hard sometimes to get rid of that negative people in your life, the negative friends, the negative atmosphere. But get rid of it and pull people in that do believe in you, people that do see your full potential, because that's how you're going to be successful. 
Thank you so much for sharing that story. That's a beautiful story. And as we're coming to a close here on our time, do you have any other stories or thoughts or advice for the audience that you would like to share that kind of sum up where you're coming from and what you believe in and what you've learned? We, we better start another podcast because I could go on and on. <laughs> I, no, I'm teasing. I, uh, you know what? I, my biggest thing that I want people to know and it's my biggest sincere dream and biggest prayer is that people will truly know that they're born to succeed, that they can do hard things in life that, yeah, life isn't fair, but you came down to this earth to be able to uh, go through these hardships, to go through these challenges, to grow. And, and don't be a, you know, don't be afraid to fail. One of the biggest things I, I don't be afraid to fail. I actually asked my wife the other day, said, uh, my wife, Heather, I've been married for eight months. I said, honey, What's the opposite of success? She said, failure. And I had, we had a little conversation. And failure is not the opposite of success. Failure is a part of success. You have to learn how to fail to be able to grow. The faster you can fail, the faster you can grow. Love that. Love that. That's brilliant and so, so true. That, well, the other thing I want to share, be proud of who you are. Be proud. No, let me change this. Be satisfied of who you are as an individual, but don't be satisfied of where you're at. Continue to grow. Don't ever, you know, don't limit yourself. Continue to grow. Continue to motivate others, help others. Hard work will never cheat you. Have a positive mindset on every little thing you can and surround yourself with people that believe in you. Surround yourself with greatness. Wonderful advice. Thank you so much for being on the Love Your Story podcast and sharing your story and your wisdom. So happy to have you. I thank you for letting me be part of it. The thing that stands out to me most about Braxton is his infectious optimism. It's as if there really is no doubt that we are all incredibly powerful, born to succeed, and nothing stands in our way. Thank you, Braxton, for sharing that faith, that optimism, and for shining a light on what it looks like to truly live big and face our problems head on. Your challenge this week, people, is to repeat this mantra all week long. I was born to succeed. Do it on your way to work. Do it while you're walking down the hall. Chant it in the shower. The subconscious is what creates our outcomes. And our subconscious is programmed by two things, either by emotion or by repetition. There really is power to repetition and belief. So chant, baby, chant. Thank you for being here with me this week. Those ending reminders, remember to use the website, loveyourstorypodcast.com, where you can comment on this show or any of the other shows, where you can order your Love Your Story t-shirt or find any of the episodes, the 160 plus that we've done so far, and just copy the links and share them with anybody you want. And remember that in 2020, I started a new option called Tell Your Story. This is for people who want their own audio recording of their story for posterity, for personal record, or maybe, you know, a family member or a friend who should capture their story in an audio format. Contact me at Lori J. Lee, L-O-R-I-J-L-E-E at MSN.com with tell your story in the subject line and we will make that happen. Thank you, people. We'll see you in two weeks on the next episode of the Love Your Story podcast. Mm -hmm.